This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. When I first heard the longtime digital signage solutions company Telecine was getting into subscription content for screens, my first reaction was, hmm, pretty crowded and established market to shoehorn into. Then I got the details, and the logic and applicability were a lot more apparent. The Montreal company has set up three customizable sets of prepackaged feeds that would run in parallel with products already out there, as opposed to being alternatives. There's a weather feed that's all about context, like one letting runners know if this is a good day to put in some mileage. There's a banking industry feed that solves a big pain point of developing messaging that is fully compliant with finance regulations. And there's an interesting air quality feed that marries on-screen content with a small included device that does real-time air monitoring in buildings. I spoke with Justin Lachowski, Telecine's Director of Sales and Marketing, about the new services. We also talk at the start about how the company has adjusted to the sudden loss last year of its much-loved and respected founder, James Fine. Justin, thank you for joining me. Uh, let's get something out of the way right away because, you know, it's we, you guys and the, the digital science world in general had a big shock last year when your founder, James Fine, unexpectedly passed away. How have you guys adjusted to that? What have you done and, and how are things going? Yeah, um, definitely a huge shock and, you know, something that we're still battling through, of course, something that shocking, um, you know, doesn't uh, go away easily. Um, but we've luckily had the opportunity to really just continue focusing on what we do best. And that's helping our clients with, you know, producing excellent digital signage content for their networks. You know, and, and frankly, that's, I think, something that James really would have wanted us to do. Um, so we're all really holding on to his memory uh, in that regard and just doing everything that we can to continue pushing forward his vision. You know, obviously it was a shock. Uh, it's a tough loss, but he's really laid the groundwork for our management team to sort of step up now and help just continue pushing forward um, all the great stuff that we do here at Telecine. Yeah, one of the neat things I, I, I learned, uh, I guess I kind of knew, but uh, it, it kind of set you guys up as an employee-owned company at, at that point. So it, you know, the, the, the shift wasn't that difficult. No, and, and you know that's something that you know, some folks might not know, but for the last, I'd say, six plus years, um, you know, just before I joined Telecine, James had been um, doing about you know, six-month sailing sabbaticals across the world. Mm -hmm. and some management oversight in that regard. But most of the day-to-day -day operations and, you know, client management stuff was handled by um, our management team. So while it's a deep loss and obviously we're still, you know, deeply upset by, um, you know, the loss of James, he 
put this company in a perfect position for us to continue going forward. And I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was fun to hear how he would uh, he'd be in the South Pacific with uh, Chantel sailing, and uh, he, he would get on a sat phone and call in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I can't I can't um, tell you how many conference calls I've had with James, where he's like, "I'm in the middle of the water. There's no land in sight, but somehow I'm able to jump on a phone and talk to you all the way back in Montreal." Um, <laughs> it's very cool to see how far technology's come. So we, we've done a podcast in the past. It was with James. Uh, miss him a lot. Uh, uh, and for those people who don't know what Telecine is about, could you just give kind of a quick rundown of what you guys do, what you focus on? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, Telecine is a 35-year-old media and software company. Um, we've been doing digital signage, I think, since before digital signage was even really an industry. Mm-hmm. Um And really our main focus is to help our clients solve their communications challenges and using digital signage as that medium to help deliver effective communications to their audience. And we do this by, you know, leveraging all sorts of cool content pieces, dynamic data sources, and then just internal databases of information that these corporations have that they don't leverage enough to, you know, sort of create that all-encompassing communications platform. It's not just email. It's not just social. It's use your screens to effectively um, communicate that message. And we do that with them by helping, you know, produce really nice digital signage content. You've been services based through the years. You don't, you know, sell a specific piece of software. You don't manufacture displays or anything else. So services are kind of in your DNA. But I, I found it interesting that you guys have, uh, wouldn't say pivoted, but you, you've you've added on uh, subscription content capabilities that, you know, I, I think of uh, you know, a handful of companies like ScreenFeed uh, sponsors this podcast that does that sort of thing, but. You've got into it, but it's it's not the same sort of thing, right? No, and that's right. You know, we work with the screen feed guys all the time and all of the other, you know, providers within the digital signage space. You know, we couldn't do what we do without, you know, their support and the things that they provide to the industry. But we did notice, you know, an opportunity for us to help other um, folks in the uh, other uh, end users with providing you know, our services from the high, you know, the high end production of digital signage content and finding a way to offer them ready to go content without the high production cost that's sometimes involved with these larger projects. So it's something that actually James coined as uh, prêt-à-porter content, which in English just means um, ready to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what have you done? <laughs> what are yeah. you offering? Sure. So we, we've launched three new um, product lines um, in the last quarter. Um, the three products are Finfax, AQ, Air Quality, and Lifestyle. All three of these products are HTML5 based, so totally software agnostic. They'll work with any digital signage system, which is really what our main focus was in developing these. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's interesting too is they all have you know specific use cases but it's a friendly piece of content you don't have to worry about anything sort of negative popping up they're um they're friendly that's the the term i'll use right. for that 
Yeah, I, I found it interesting uh, for the financial one that you guys are providing that, you know, th that, that could be quite complicated and, and you know, labor intensive to figure out what, what are those messages that are relevant to banks and what what are those messages that can be used? And, and your workaround was just using the content from the FDIC so that it's already kind of vetted and approved and not going to get anyone into trouble by using it. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, as you're aware, um, you know, we do offer our services quite a bit in the financial space, um, retail banks, uh, insurance brokerage firms, um, stuff like that. So I actually had this idea talking to a client about three years ago. Every time we had to produce a piece of content for them, it had to get um, run through their compliance department, had to have some FDIC disclosure on it. And I said, why can't we just take information that the FDIC already puts out there? We know that it's a trusted source and find a way to create a compelling database of banking facts. Um, so that's exactly what we did. We went right to FDIC, started sourcing facts right off their website. And we came up with FinFacts, which is this, you know, fun, engaging and informative database of digital signage content, um, which, like I said, works great for banking environments um, behind the teller desk. All that area is, you know, FDIC approved. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, not only does it, I think, work just for, you know, the banking space, but any sort of corporate office as well, you know, by providing these factoids to their their staff the message that they're conveying is, you know, we don't just care about, you know, offering you corporate information and telling you about what the company is doing, but we care about your financial well-being. So we've taken this information from the FDIC and, and said, look, you know, this is um, topical. It applies to everybody. Everybody's got to do banking. Um, so for me, it was just a cool way of saying to, you know, end users in the audience that, we don't just care about, you know, delivering messages for messaging sake. We care about your financial well-being as well. I, I'm going to assume the FDIC was, you know, quite happy they had kind of a, a new distribution channel for this information. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the really cool thing about um, the program is there's sort of three steps to uh, the way that the content is shown. There is the um, fact page. So we'll tell you the topic of... Um, what we're talking about. So for example, like mortgage planning tips, mm -hmm. you'll have, um, one page with a nice little factoid. The second page gives you a use case. And then the final page actually gives you a QR code where it'll link you back directly to the FDIC's website where this information was sourced from. And actually what we're doing with one of our banking clients is we're using that QR code to actually measure um, audience attention. So it gives us that that additional layer aside from just, you know, providing, um, information, we're giving the banks and other, um, clients the opportunity to capture information and say, okay, you know, how many people are actually looking at this stuff? Okay. So, um, th the capability is there to, um, if, if somebody snaps the QR code with their phone, it hits a specific, uh, target URL and you get the analytics off that to say that in the, in the past month, X number of uh, people hit this target URL. That is exactly correct. Okay. So if, if I'm a um, financial institution in the United States, 
uh, and I want to use this and I'm using brand X CMS, it's just a matter of scheduling a URL into a playlist and off you go. That's exactly it. And, and you subscribe to it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we're in the process of, you know, figuring out the best way to deliver that to clients. But right now it's, um, you subscribe to the product, you'll be able to select from, um, a list of topics ranging from youth savings to mortgage tips, um, general savings, um, credit cards. You'll be able to select those topics. We'll provide you with a URL that will, um, deliver all that content directly into your CMS. Is it tailorable, customizable? So in other words, you've got, uh, you know, savings and loan, regional savings and loan in, I don't know, Oklahoma, and that they want to use Oklahoma state orange because that's their corporate colors. Can you change the background of that? Yeah, of course. That was really what we, what our intentions were with building it the way that we've done is, well, as you know, we love to do custom content. So even with our product offering, it was important for us to offer that customizability and flexibility for clients, um, as opposed to just saying, you know, it's, this is what you get. Um, you have the full capability to change the colors, um, fonts, as well as any integration of, um, logos or other branding elements that are needed. Hmm. Uh, you and I are both in Canada. So for, if you had a Canadian bank that you're working with FDIC stuff, there's probably, you know, lots of elements of it that is, you know, crosses borders quite nicely, but you can't brand it as FDIC. So can you, what, what happens if I'm the Royal bank and I come to you and say, Hey, we want to use this too, but it, we need Canadian stuff. I'm glad you asked that question. Cause we're actually in the process right now of doing a Canadian version. Oh, okay. Um, in, in Canada, we have the CDIC, which is a similar governing body to the FDIC. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of doing a similar approach with um, CDIC information to offer that to Canadian clients as well. And as part of that rollout, we're also looking to um, provide some uh, interesting quizzes using both the FDIC and CDIC information. So you'll have, um, you'll have a database of FDIC facts a database of CDIC facts, and then coming soon, we'll also have a database of quizzes um, from both databases. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's now available. Are, are you, have you onboarded some customers already or are you just starting to spread the word? Yeah. Um, so it was launched a week ago, but we've already had a client um, who was beta testing this for us um, for about six months now. And we just gotten the go ahead to roll this out to all of their branches. I, I'm going to assume that the, the people who work at uh, banks of varying sizes in the United States who uh, are charged with feeding the content beast uh, all week and all month long, we're probably pretty happy that this sort of stuff is would, would come available to them. Um, I yeah, they're they're actually quite thrilled. You know, one of the things that we encounter often, especially with financial um, clients, is they're hyper concerned about safe content. And that was really our approach to this is that, you know, FDIC is a safe, trusted resource mm-hmm. and it delivers that way for digital signage content. So it's exactly what you said. Um, these bankers are, are quite happy that they now have a safe resource that they can display in their, in their bank branches um, without any hesitation. Yeah. Cause if you're running news feeds, um, and those are pretty carefully curated anyways, but I, I suspect if I asked uh, 
the screen feed folks or some of the other companies, they would say, you wouldn't believe what gets up, what's, what upsets people. And I could imagine, you know, the, like the Oscars thing where Will Smith slapped, uh, what was it? Chris Rock that, you know, that's a story. It's got a lot of attention, but there's probably some bank and some customer would say, I don't like that on there. I'm offended by that. Take it off. Absolutely. I've lived through that experience um, a couple of times. So I'm, I'm happy now that we can offer something where uh, I can deliver it to a client with, you know, peace of mind that that, that kind of scenario won't occur. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeremy Gavin, CEO of ScreenFeed. Now, I'm not put off by the fact that you're not listening to this podcast to hear me. Just like audiences to any digital signage, you give your attention to content you find interesting or helpful. That's where my company ScreenFeed comes in. Our sole mission is to make your digital signage network more valuable by making content that is more valuable to your audience. If you'd like to drive more attention to your screens, visit ScreenFeed.com to explore the 75-plus content options we've created to do just that. And then give us a call. Now, back to the podcast. And how does it work in terms of scale? Uh, do you just do you subscribe to the service or do you subscribe per media player? Yeah. So the way that it's, it, it runs, it's, you know, it's a similar model to the way the other folks have run it. It's, um, you know, a per player subscription, obviously, you know, as depending on the size of the network and, and the f- amount of facts that l- people are looking at the source, there's some flexibility there, but it is a, you know, a typical per player pricing model at the moment. Mm-hmm. And because it's HTML, I, th- this stuff you're, you're harvesting from FDIC. So I, I guess in most respects, you would say it's canned, it's already done, but uh, because it's HTML, can you update on the fly if, if things do change? Yeah, we do have a, um, a process in place to con- continually monitor the FDIC website so that if things changes, we're able to make those changes to our content, but also, you know, they add more and more articles over time. So we're looking to continue growing the database, but also make those amendments if they're needed. Right. Okay. So that's the the financial one. There's there's a you said there's a lifestyle one and a and a and an air quality one, right? Yeah, that's right. So we, um, you know, obviously folks have become hyper aware of health and wellness over the last couple of years. I know that I have. That's for sure. So. One of the cool things that we did was develop this set of lifestyle um, content that really speaks to activities. Um, you know, at this point, seeing the weather forecast in digital signage is, you know, fairly common. Um, <laughs> to put it mildly. To put it mildly, yes. And, you know, everybody's got weather in their pocket these days. So mm. what I wanted to do and, and the rest of the team wanted to do was find a way that we can t- contextualize that a little bit more. You know, like you said, it, it's it's so easy to get a three-day forecast, but let's say you're going into a bank one day or you're going into the office one day, but you know you've, you've got something going on this afternoon. You're supposed to go golfing with, a, you know, a couple of team members. So what we've done is using, um, you know, the back end for weather information, we've developed a set of indexes that will tell you um, – about activity-based information, whether it's appropriate to do that or not on a given day. So as an example, I was talking about golf. So we have a golf index that'll tell you based on relative humidity, the weather outside, um, it'll 
provide you with an index saying, is it a good day to go golfing? Yes, no. And then there's a forecast that's associated with that. But that also comes with a handful of you know other data points, things about driving uh, difficulty, um, pollen in the air. Will you have dry skin today? Um, this one was my favorite hair frizz. Um, <laughs> fairly straight hair, but you never know what humidity can do to that kind of thing. So really what our goal there was just add that additional context to the weather by saying, you know, it is probably a good day for you to stay inside. Don't go outside or don't go golfing today. Maybe pick tomorrow. Um, So I think that was really important is to just help uh, boost people's awareness for those activities um, as, you know, we're, going in and out of um, places more. Um, for the longest time, you know, these outdoor activities were our saving grace and it was the thing we were only able to do for um, close to two years. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great way to just have a set it and forget it piece of content to add to your signage system that goes with the weather, but also works in just a variety of places, um, you know, from banking to retail to corporate. Everybody's out and about doing activities to th- these days. So um, that was our goal there. I, I, I'm assuming, uh, apart from the financial facts ones, which is pretty straightforward, that th- this was this would be much more of a challenge to visualize uh, and for people to look at and immediately get it because you can't just sort of write out this isn't the best day to go golfing. That's exactly correct. So what we did is we use the same approach that most people do for weather. Um, Most people can quickly look at a digital signage screen and get a quick understanding of, okay, this is the location I'm at, this is the high and low for the day, and this is what the forecast looks for the rest of the week. So we use that same visual approach for this, where you'll have, let's say, um, again, I'll use the golf index. It'll tell you golf index for um, Los Angeles, California. It'll tell you what the current weather is, but also on a scale from one to 10, what the um, quality of golfing would be that day. So it's, you look at the screen, you get the current weather forecast, you'll get a three to five day forecast that'll tell you from one to 10, what the next few days of golfing quality looks like. So this would be something that would your suggestion would be it would run in tandem with uh, the kind of the more quote unquote conventional uh, weather stuff that might be on a digital signage network. Exactly. Um, you know, one thing I've I've noticed is a lot of these digital signage screens where the use case is effective for this piece of content is, you know, retail banks, stores. Um, those are places where people are either in the process of doing an activity or going between activities. So for me, it felt like the best possible place to put this information because people are, like I said, either going to do something or on their way back from doing something. So that seems to be the best place to deliver this information to them. Hmm. So could you also do or handle custom requests? So I, I was just talking to a guy a couple of days ago who lives in Syracuse, New York, and that's on the wrong side of Lake Ontario. So Lake Effect country. And he was saying they, they had a pretty good winter for snow. They had four feet less than normal. So I'm wondering in terms of like a lake effect uh, or, or, or tune up your snowblower warning or something. Yeah. So that, that, you know, we started with, I think we have 10 indices right now, if I'm 
correct, but it is something that's, you know, continuing to grow as customer requests come up and, you know, they're like, um, I'd like to know if it's a good day to mow my lawn. Um, you know, <laughs> these sort of things come up all the time. So we'll continue growing that library for sure. And then the other one that, uh, I believe you're working on or have released has to do with air quality and, and is very much sensors driven. Yeah. So um, air quality is another interesting one. Again, you know, folks have become hyper aware of their health and wellness. Um, and that obviously speaks to air quality. So what we've done is um, we've got a air quality sensor which is a very small, low-profile pro little sensor. It looks like one of those air diffusers that you would just buy and you know have your oils diffusing on your desk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and and what it does is it measures a handful of you know different parameters, things like you know the indoor temperature, humidity, air pressure, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, particulate matter, ozone, and what it does is it sucks in all this information. And we deliver a dashboard of, you know, varying levels of what these parameters are at. And then we've come up with our own measure of taking it all in and delivering a air quality index. So it'll tell you, based on the information that I just mentioned, what the um, level of air quality is in a given space. Hmm. So it's, it's a, there's hardware associated with this. Yeah, it's correct, but it's all done through subscription. Um, so you you subscribe to the product, you get the air sensor with it, and we deliver the dashboard at the same time. So there's no need to you know purchase any large hardware. It's just the sensor that comes with the subscription of the content. Hmm, okay, and is it a smart setup so that it let's say the sensor reads that carbon monoxide levels are higher than what is safe? Would it trigger something on the screen? Yeah. So that's a custom uh, piece that we work on with clients, obviously in mm -hmm. the case, case, but yes, we've done things like, um, you know, when you've got certain levels of um, high carbon monoxide, we can have a different kind of graphic trigger on screen, just letting people know this. It really came down to um, wanting to, sh wanting to show more transparency on the health of our clients spaces. You know, we work with a lot of folks in the corporate environment. Um, we've got, you know, clients that are uh, corporate real estate landlords. So it, it sort of spawned out of a request that we got at early on in the pandemic. It was, you know, somebody said, I'd love to know what our air quality is like. So our staff feel comfortable working in the space during the pandemic, but also in the future when, you know, the return to office stuff comes into play, we'd love to continue reporting that. And in fact, we did a project with a client out in California. They're a, a large real estate client. They were um, actively going after a well building certification. And what that is, it's similar to like a lead building certification, but it's focused more around the health of the building itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the, the very pertinent aspects of that certification was providing information on air quality. So we were able to integrate these air sensors into, I think they've got six floors in their space. Um, and we reported that on the digital signage screens, which allowed them to go and get a platinum well building certification, which is quite unique because they're, they're only um, one of three buildings in all of California that have this certification right now. 
Hmm. So it becomes almost a, a, an employee retention, uh, leaseholder retention sort of thing saying, hey, we're, you know, here's in visual terms how well a building, quote unquote, we are. That's exactly it. Hmm. Um, with those displays, is it the sort of thing that runs in a content schedule or do they tend to, you know, allocate uh, one or multiple displays or screens that are just showing that? Yeah, we've seen both use cases. Um, we've got some customers that just sort of want it um, mixed in with their, you know, regularly scheduled content. Um, but we've got other clients that actually just have a, a straight reporting dashboard. You mm -hmm. walk into their lobby and right on the lobby desk where you would typically go to sign in if you were a guest visitor, um, it would just tell you right off the bat, this is what the air quality is like. And I think that it gives, like I mentioned, the staff a peace of mind, but also visitors coming to the space because that's that's certainly coming back. It gives those visitors peace of mind too that you know they're in a, in a, healthy, spa a healthy space. So for larger buildings uh, and particularly newer ones, I suspect that, you know, they're using Honeywell or, or some big giant company like that, that has uh, HVAC systems and monitoring and everything else and probably has APIs that you could tap into to also get that kind of information. Do you do that or is it just simpler to use this little device? Yeah, that's actually something we've been doing long before, um, you know, the pandemic happened and these air sensors came into play. Um, that, that's our bread and butter. Telesene loves to get their hands on APIs and data um, and figure out a cool, creative way to display that. So, um, yes, we definitely integrate with those types of sources for, for custom projects. Okay, so the, 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 the device that you guys make available is the low hurdle uh, for, for those companies to say, well, we don't actually have those APIs or that would be a son of a gun to pull all that together. So just use this. It, exactly. Um, you know, it depends on the customer space, obviously new buildings, it's a lot easier to get that stuff um, available to us than it is, you know, a building that's been around for 15 plus years. So sometimes to avoid the hurdle of, you know, waiting six months for a customer to figure out, you know, who their HVAC provider is, who owns the contract, where can I get the data from? We wanted to offer this, you know, cost-effective um, sensor and display package that is very easy to just get in front of a customer in a variety of spaces. So you, you've done these three services. Is that it? Or is there other stuff on the horizon that, you know, you don't have to give me the details, but are, are you done? Um, we're never done. There's always <laughs> more stuff on the horizon. We've got a couple of really interesting projects coming up. Um, I can't share those with you yet, mm -hmm. but um, as we continue to firm up those details, I look forward to jumping back on a podcast with you and, and sharing that. So we're all coming out of, hopefully coming out of a crazy two and a half years or well, two and a quarter years, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how have things gone? You know, setting aside the, the shock of James. Yeah, well, things have gone really, really well. Um, one thing that Telesene, I think, does really, really great is client retention. Um, a lot of our clients are getting close to um, a decade of working with us. Um, 
it's really important for us to just focus on the customer experience. And that's what I think we've done really, really well in the last couple of years. As we've all experienced challenges with the pandemics, our clients have as well. So our focus really has just been helping them in any way possible and focusing on that communications message um, through digital signage. All right. So if people want who are listening to this want to find out more, how do they find you and how do they find this particular set of products? Uh, yes. So we've got uh, product websites for all of them. You can find them under our main website, telesine.com. If you have any questions, I'm always available. You can just reach me at justin at telesine.com. Um, and we've got those product websites just listed on our main website. You'll be able to find all the information there. All right, Justin, great to catch up with you. You as well, Dave. Thanks so much. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at screenfeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.